the JSA Clicks Podcast, the show where we discuss high-level competitive, casual, and everything in between. Your host is Jay Solomon, and now, on to the show. Hey everyone, this is the JSA Clicks Podcast, episode number 10, because I re- looked it up this time, where we, dis- where we discuss the competitive Heroclix environment, as well as any alternate formats that are currently relevant. I'm your host, Jay Solomon, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, who are all much better at Heroclix than me. We have recurring person who's generally on, Chad. Am I supposed to say something now? You, you can say <laughs> hi to the nice people. Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh, that's that's peak, Chad. Nice. Uh, we also have Joe. Hi. Uh, have you have you heard of Clicks Nexus, Joe? No, I have not. Okay. What is this of which you speak? I don't know, but if they don't know now, they'll hear it in the outro. <laughs> uh, today, <laughs> I have brought together some of the more well-known and also actually people people that are good at the rules and known for being good at the rules uh, and, and yeah we have a bunch of rules questions and we have a couple general things about the rules in general how best to ask questions and that sort of thing this uh, game has well, rules when did that happen it never did it's a mm. new idea uh we also before we start want to thank our patrons and our new patrons because we had a whole bunch of them uh thanks to the giveaway and we really appreciate all of you and your support so i guess the best way to start off is one of the more important things as far as rules questions go uh i don't know who wants to say it specifically i'm assuming joe i think joe's been around the most as far as answering the questions quote the quote the powers the biggest thing you have to do when you ask a question that you want a correct answer to is quote the power or quote if you under, don't understand a rules interaction quote the rules be specific because generalities get people confused and get people lost in the weeds and you know oh how does ghostwriter work I don't know. There's been 20 ghostwriters since the beginning of the game. Which one are you asking about? That's what it goes I more on to that, Joe. It goes on to somebody is willing to help you. Lots of people are willing to help you. They don't always have enough time to look up every single rule to help you. Don't assume that everybody's time is worth nothing. Quote the rules that you're looking at. Just so that they can help you quicker, easier, you're going to get more people helping you because they don't have to go through and look up every single thing that you're talking about. I'm going to be a little nicer than Chad, which is not hard to accomplish, but I guess it, it like, like Chad said, it does make things easier, absolutely. It makes it more likely that you're going to see you're going to get an answer. I'm not saying that if I don't see the rules and the rules being quoted, or the power being quoted, it discourages me from answering, but I don't, I could see it happening for other people 
and it just feels like I guess I'll call it a common courtesy. Just you know, yeah, you are you are asking for help, and you know what you're talking about. And even if people theoretically know what you're talking about, it's just generally helpful. And sometimes they might not. Especially like Joe said, there's a a lot of characters. And it improves the quality of the answer because I've I cannot tell you because I've been answering rules questions for six years probably six or seven years as far as being a resource and there have been multiple 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 times where a person asks a question is not directly quoting or being specific in what they're confused about so i go okay here's the answer and then they go well that's not what i was confused about okay so now we both wasted our time because you know you know if you're asking a question you know what you're confused about you know what doesn't make sense to you Tell me, and I can tell. I can attack it, and hopefully answer it, clarify it for you. If I know exactly what is is the hangup, because everyone's different, and everyone learns differently, and everyone reads things differently until they learn how to read things. So, if if you don't understand how actions work, then that's a completely different issue than if you don't understand how this specific interaction works. If that makes sense. Yeah, and there's there's certainly certainly nothing wrong with asking questions. We all started somewhere. I've only, you know, yeah. this game is no matter how long you played, it's there's rules overhauls. I mean, I started in 2012, so there was there was rules then, and Energy Explosion was I don't even know. I I I've tried to reread it recently for fun, and it just I I don't want to have an aneurysm. So then there was 2013, which was not the biggest rules revamp, but, you know. And then there was cards in the back, dolls in the back of the cards, which isn't a rules thing, but there have been some things with it. Like, now your opponent can see it, which isn't, which is just more description of how things have changed than, you know. And also, of course, the 2017. Overhaul. I guess you could call it an overhaul. I think it, it's reasonable. Oh, I, so, I, I love it. I love the rule book as it is right now. I think it's I, not that it's perfect. It can definitely be improved, but as far as since I've since I've been playing hardcore, as I like to call it, because that's since 2010 that I've been deep in the game again. Um, it's probably the best state of the game right now. Everything for the most part, until they add new things. But hey, that's Heroclix. Uh, things are clearly defined. Things are there's there's steps that are clearly defined that you can tweak things. Things can always be improved. But it's not, I mean, uh, I started with an original rule book and an original starter where it's, hey, you throw a grenade. This happens. Okay, what? Sure. Cool. I'll roll dice. Makes sense. <laughs> you mean the rule book that literally said if there's a rules argument roll off? Yeah, it was a bit. Up yes. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the important if... thing is, like, Everybody has rules questions. At some point, Jay has a rule question. At some point, Joe has a rule question. At some point, I have a rules question. Everybody is going to have them. It's a matter of how you approach that question, how you pose that question to other people so that they understand what you're saying and so that you can get a correct answer. And one of the things that you'll learn if you continue to play this game, if you continue to learn things, if you continue to educate yourself is the more you know, the less anything makes sense. Oh, let's not let's not get into that. That's a little too 
third dimension, uh, fifth dimensional chess Illuminati sort of thing. On a positive, <clears throat> the more educated everyone is, and the more everyone knows how to look up answers or know how knows how to read powers, the better off we all are. Because everyone, everyone has a gap in thinking. Everyone has where oh, I misread that, you know. And if if you know how to read whatever the rule book, the PAC, etc., then you know if you're getting a right answer or not. If you never read the rule book, and I'm pretty sure we've all heard of people who say, I've never read the rule book, then you don't know if you're getting a right answer or not. You may think you do, but you don't, because you have nothing to compare it against. You have nothing to go, oh, yeah, that sounds, you just go, oh, that sounds right, or that sounds how I was taught. But maybe you were taught wrong. Maybe you learned wrong. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's just little plastic. But if you're going to play with a stranger, you should be playing by the same rules. And that's why it matters at the end of the day is to avoid unpleasantness. I was going to I was going to just jump off what you said, actually, uh, as far as the I don't know how common it is anymore, but I I know you and I've definitely seen it is the, the problem of when people teach other people the game, but they don't actually use the rules mm-hmm. and then. They, you know, you don't not you don't quite know what's going on. Like, yes, it is overall a complicated game, but for a beginner, there should still be reasonable steps to take to teach them it with the actual rules. I don't know if we have current quick start rules, but I see threads all the time about how to teach people. But the point is that if you don't teach people with the actual rules, it's just going to be a mess. So. I will say this offhand before we get started on, like, the questions and stuff like that. The sidekick night shit, I still use to teach people the game. The the guide that came with that, everything that came with that, is yeah. literally still the best thing to teach the people the game, to get them a taste of what figures do, how they act, what they do. I mean, I would love... Even if they don't make another sidekick night like set, if they just redid and re-released the normal sidekick they had before, it is absolutely fantastic to teach people the game. And I think I think things like the the dual dials from the Mar- Masters of Evil versus Avengers, I think those are all good steps. Those are all where it's like, here's a basic dial. We're not getting in all that mess. Let's you know. And like you said, because I think the quick start, the actual quick start guide, I think might still be on the site. Maybe it's not. It's been a while since I checked. And I'm the weirdo that I save all that stuff and have it on the computer in a file. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, it's anything like that. That simplifies it, starts, I mean, I'm also an oddity that I realized, and I think that this has helped me in that no one. Yep, still there. Okay, good. But no one ever taught me the game. I literally bought some a guy I knew at the comic shop I went to told me about it. I bought some boosters. I bought he had an original starter because this was in a within a year or two of the game launching, and I read the rules. And that's how I, that's how I learned the game is I read the rules. A buddy of mine played with me. I played with a couple other people, and I read the rules. And I read the rules. And I read the rules. And then. You know, we just played at home. I didn't play at tournaments, and I came back in in 2010, and you know what I did? I read the rules. And when I didn't understand something, I read the rules. <laughs> like, that's how I learned. 
So, I'm already exhausted with your reading. I know, right? It's crazy. Why would you read? But that's why when people, when I, I mean, anyone that sees me answer questions, I always go, well, have you read the rules? Read the rules. What's the rules say? What does it say? What is the power? Because it's, that's how you learn. Now, maybe not, now some people like to see and learn by watching, but at the end of the day, you have to have the fundamental underpinning of everything. You can't just go off of what somebody says. Or can you? Nah. Yeah. That, that, before we get into the actual questions, I mean, I'm sure there might be topics that come up through those, but I guess I don't want to say I recommend this or I don't think condones the right word or advise this, but in my experience, and Joe can yell at me if he feels like it, he's heard, he's heard this before, in the most general sense, not if you want to be hyper-competitive, not if you want to get everything absolutely down, but, like, I don't know, for casual players or for most players, it you can probably get away with just reading the, the pack, learning the standard powers, learning, there's some stuff about improved. Like, if you basically read the pack and then understand the absolute basic stuff about moving, attacking, line of fire, stuff like that, you're probably fine. I... I kind of disagree with you in the fact that I don't think I've ever seen one game happen where some weird-ass edge case doesn't doesn't occur. Like, every single game, there's always that edge case, and it's like, well, this happened. Right. I'm just saying... I'm not saying this is me giving up, but I just feel like... If you feel like you can't get the rules, as far as the actual rule book or whatever, like, I, I get it. There's a lot of complexity, but just, you know... For the most part, I mean, I, I judge high-level competitive events. I, just so much of the questions are from the pack. That's kind of how I, I got to this point. And again, it's not a recommendation, but, you know, average casual player, average, you know, or at least start off with the pack and then, you know, move your way into it. But, yeah, there'll be, like, one edge case in a given game, probably, but for the most part. For those random people listening that have never played Heroclix before, the pack is the powers and abilities card. Otherwise known as the P-A-C. All I'm trying to say is that most of the time you can get away with that. Well, and I, it's, I, if you were to come to my venue when we could have events in person, um, you would hear from me more often, where's your P-A-C? What's your P-A-C say? What's the, what's the pack say? What's the powers say? I it's I don't it boggles my mind that HeroClix players do not keep the PAC with them at all times. I get not having the rulebook with you because it, to look through it's to and find specifically what you want takes a little bit amount of time. But that's I, what a PDF search is for. Yeah, but we can't have digital devices at the table. But but yes, that's because that's how I do it. It's PDF. But for the PAC, I I never use barrier. I don't. It's just not a power I use. So I always forget exactly how many barriers I place. So you know what I do while my opponent is taking their turn? I pick up my PAC. I go, oh, barrier. What's barrier say? Cool. Put it back down. And everyone, you just learned how to beat Joe. It's true. <laughs> just play barrier. I don't know what the hell's going on. Play Marvel on. and you're good. Too. Yeah, I mean. I get 73 barriers, Joe. Ah, oh, fuck it. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't seem right. Let's tone it down. Um. I lost what I was going to say. I was going to say, even 
I mean, it's it's easier for me to remember rules when I'm judging them playing. Like even I can't yeah. remember everything with the rules because you know you're trying to play your own strategy and your game plan, and then your opponent, and then it's even the best people as far as knowing the rules go. Like Joe just admitted, he doesn't know what barrier is. We'll need to refer to the rules. Like regardless of if I'm judging or not, I have a specific little carrying thing for all the rules documents mm-hmm. so hopefully hopefully we get uh team ability things cards or something at some point because <sighs> hopefully feels a little overdue okay so i'm gonna go into the questions and it's possible i'll pronounce last names wrong so likely I, i'm sorry uh, these are all from Facebook on various places. Okay, Kevin Staley. I've inferred from others that when Galactus gets placed, using his Galactus has landed on Earth trait that lets him get placed anywhere on the map except an opponent's starting area or on special terrain. He overrides the usual occupancy rules and can be placed on blocking terrain or over walls. Is this true? I'm going to tackle this first because this conversation has come up and basically there needs to be an intent ruling because it kind of doesn't work because the rule of occupancy is a golden rule. There, uh, I guess I want to explain things as briefly, but as succinctly as possible. Golden rules are rules that you can never violate. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's one of them. Uh, absolute, uh, what Rule three, I think. I believe. Yeah, but point being, golden rules can never be violated, whereas there are some silver rules that can be overrided by actual card text. So that one's kind of iffy because it'll need to be clarified. It's obviously an intent thing, but that'll be... Well, the only place on the card for Galactus, it says that he like ignores all hindering, and I, I say hindering, but he ignores everything, basically, is when you're placing him at the start of the game. Otherwise, they eradicate right, it. But- they they read it. It? Yeah, it's already come out. The oh. Black Planet on Earth also has that. There you go. I didn't even know about the errata. Okay. <laughs> Michael. Jeez, eh? Okay, well, better answer. I wasted time. What can you do? Don't don't hurt me. Guns That's aren't allowed in to, Canada. I went to clicksnexus.com to make sure what the wording was. What was I that? Like I, don't, I don't know that site. What was that site? <laughs> clicksnexus.com. I hate you so much. Oh. So it's a website that actually has everything? That's nice. Yeah, Michael... it even has the arena. Nice. Michael Kupak? I'm sorry. Cool. I have a standard character standing on the edge of a building, level 2, and next to him on level 1 is giant. Can the standard character close attack the giant? Does one have to break away from the other? If that giant had poison, can he poison the standard character or vice versa? These are more straightforward, so I'll just jump in and address those. Uh, okay, what was it? Uh, standard character can would only be able to cl- do a close attack targeting the, the giant character if there were stairs or if the character themselves had giant reach. Different elevations are not adjacent except for elevation transitions like stairs, which allow for the close attacking and nothing else. Or leap climb, Jay. Leap climb would allow him to make the attack oh, as well. Oh, please don't don't waste my time saying leap climb. Um, so, yeah, so breakaway is a no as well because you know if there are stairs only for close attacking, 
poison requires adjacency. So I think that was no to all of the questions. Okay, David Crichton asks targeting and elevation. That is a bit vague, but <laughs> I mean, what are what are the questions? Like what how you how you normally target from elevation, blocking interactions, uh, multiple going through multiple elevations. How the heck improved targeting elevation works? There's just a lot there. So in his defense, I will say that like the explanation for elevation on the win kind of makes my soul hurt. Yeah. I I will also admit that elevation is my worst area of the rules because it's just a lot sometimes. The the first place to start is basically if at any point you're crossing an elevation to target something, you can't. Yeah, you that's need direct why. diagonals. You need clear line of sight, just like if it was blocking. That's the first right. and easiest thing that covers most instances of line of sight regarding line of elevation. Yeah, line yeah, of you're fire, line of sight. You didn't say anything I hate before. you. We're doing because I was doing other things. Uh, but if we're doing a rules podcast, I am going to be that jerk right now. Just like, no, it's line of fire. No, it's line of sight. You can't. You can't stop. Ignore is not a game term. I'm ignoring you. Is that a game term? Are we playing a game? Maybe. Oh yeah, I'm always always gaming you, sir. Okay, so yeah, when did that start? Yeah, so the reason why you need to you have the corner line of fire from elevation from the rim is because if you didn't have the direct diagonal and they were past that line of fire that would be crossing elevation that's the reason uh the blocking one so blocking elevated and then blocking on the level one and then the opposing character is behind it that is blocked because the only way blocking doesn't block line of fire across elevation is when the blocking is lower than the elevation that both characters are on the low, yeah, then the lowest elevation that both characters are on. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then... I'm not going to lie, Jay. Without, like, pictures explaining this probably will not help any people. Oh, I'm planning on adding all the stuff within reason to the YouTube version. Okay, whatever makes you happy in life. Because Jay, even looking at pictures that someone sent him right now with, like, the most common... How does this line of fire work? How does this line of fire work? How does this line of fire work? <sighs> I've made a bunch of graphs using Roll20 to show lines of fire and what, where it's like, oh, elevation one, blocking, blah, 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 for context. Oh, before I forget, power compatibility charts don't help anybody. I know that if is, I wasn't going to say Power compatibility were... charts are, are a sin against nature. Or to be more not that about it, it it doesn't help people learn the rules. If you handhold them that much, they will just not understand the interactions. And I've already seen enough of people not quite knowing the interactions with close and power and move and sidestep and stuff like that. So just hey, hey, Jay, does does Batman Prime do his damage to everybody? <laughs> 
Brad Broyles. I have the hardest time remembering different elevation and line of fire. It just doesn't stick in my brain. Okay. Yeah. We will address that with diagrams and, and graphs and maps and charts and uh, what's the word? Compasses, abacuses, all the things. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, it, we can't just explain elevations and line of fire. It, we, we can't do that because there's so many different scenarios and the scenarios even change from indoor to outdoor. So it's just one of those things yeah. where like we, we can't explain that. A question has to be more detailed as to a scenario. Yeah. And even then we have to look at it and go, huh, well, that's a thing. Yeah. For the, for the yeah. video version, I'll probably have to add audio explanations directly reading while uh having the stuff in front of it so that'll be a lot of fun this is why we can't have nice things it's true the advice i would give to someone in the middle of a game which doesn't necessarily help but in the middle of a game go to the because you can find the elevation part of the rule book and go there because there is not that it's the best and that's the most exhaustive but there is at least bullet points of what blocks line of fire between elevations so at least it's a starting point. At least it's not just completely in the wild. Oh, no, how do I do things? It's like, well, are you on the rim? You're not on the rim and you're, one, you know, you're not on the same elevation. Okay, you're, it's blocked. Or, you're, or, you know, da 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 So at least start there. Don't be afraid of the rules. The rules are your friend. The, the physical documents love you. They want you to cuddle with them. Or one of the things that I like is like, well, my character ignores elevation. Then just pretend the red isn't there. Right. Ignore is not a game term. But yes. I didn't that, say ignore. You're, just, I, I, mm. you're encouraging him. Okay. <laughs> I said pretend. Pretend it's not there. <laughs> yes. You said ignore is before that. But yes, absolutely. I agree with you. 100%. Yeah, there's yeah, there's general shorthands like blocking always blocks and stuff like that. This is definitely one of the more complicated, if not the most complicated, part of the rules to go over uh tiago pinto de luz from brazil who's not as great as hero clicks as he pretends i hate him no i love him why most of hero clicks players don't well he's brazilian so why why most of clicks players doesn't read uh which is fair yeah i don't know i don't know uh, it on the surface i think that the game is more complicated or it looks more complicated than it is. I would say that it's directly related to the educational process in the United States where most HeroClix players are. I, I was hoping you would say something that would allow me to say, give some credit to our, our public schools. Okay, Aries. Hold on, I'm going to say something, Jay. Oh, no. What gets me more, what gets me more, because I can understand people that don't enjoy reading. What I find really odd is the resistance to reading to the how dare you suggest that i read the pac or i read this character card like people get mad at me people have gotten mad at me for being like well just here's the page here's where you want to read why don't why would i read that i don't know you want the answer to your question just trying to help brother sorry yeah i mean there's a reason they're asking a question so is yeah, I'm the sure rule book a books. book on tape that I can listen to? Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you something. Lie. 
I could. I don't. I, if it helped, maybe we'll see. I don't know. That's a threat I've made know. for years that I would isn't, read the rules to people. Isn't there a thing where like what is it called cameo? Can we get Gilbert Godfrey to read the entire rule book? Because I would chip in. Videos. You just gave me the greatest idea ever, so this oh, might have no. to happen now. Well, everybody chip in. Everybody that plays Hero Clips, chip in so that we can get Gilbert Godfrey to read the entire rule book. Because I, I don't think anything would be better than that. I think it's $75 a minute. So, and he's not the Micro Machine Man, so. I literally just said that everybody who plays Hero Clicks. Okay, Jay. Okay. That's still a lot of okay, money. So we got 200 bucks there. What are we going to do after that? He will give us a discount, I guarantee. Aries Edge, who is a very loved person sometimes. Is the rule of three because of the clicks Illuminati? Hashtag inner circle. Well, I guess you're not going to get to listen to this podcast after the the man with a gun is done with you. Um, Les Gaynor. Why don't the rules work the way I half-heartedly memorized by from reading the forums and not the rule book? I, I think that question answers itself, and it's, it's it does funny. absolutely. And less is a treasure. Yep. I would and ask, then, what forums what? is he reading? I mean, presumably realms, but also there's a lot more rules questions on Facebook because realms Which, is just just toxic. A cesspool. Um, yeah. Toxic. But. But I will set, suggest to anyone that is on Facebook, since all these questions are coming to Facebook, join HeroClix Rules Chat. I don't run it, but I wish I did. But you have a lot of people that know the rules and are very good with the rules, and it's a rules-specific group. I think that more people, rather than asking, please do not ask rules questions in podcast groups. You will get wrong answers unless it is the JSA discussion group. Every other group, they're not rules groups. They're not rules podcasts. They're not run by people, as far as I'm aware, that are good with the rules. So please, and that's not a dig. That's not what they're doing. Ask rules questions in, if you can, if you're on Facebook. Ask it in the rules group because I'm there. A bunch of WizKids judges are there that I trust and like. Jay, you're there, right? Oh, yeah, I'm on there pretty regularly. So you're included in the WizKids judges that I trust and like. Uh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to make sure. I didn't want to make sure. I, heaven forbid I say it, and you're like, oh, I'm not in there. Like, oh, well, hell. But, no, I, I really think that it's – I think that's a good resource, and I think that's a good place, and it's specific. You don't – from what I've seen, you don't get nearly as many people who just kind of see the question and answer it without knowing the answer. At least the people there, even if they're wrong, have a reason for being wrong or, you know, have some kind of backing for a misunderstanding on their part. So I think you're just – you're getting better answers in that group. On top of that, look at who's answering you and what they've provided you yes. to support their answer. Yes. And this is one of those things like it's not just for the person asking the question. It's for people answering the question. Please support your answers just as much as they need to give you the information so that you can properly answer the question. If it's applicable, support your answer. 
And don't, if you're asking a question, don't get offended if someone does that. Because I've had that happen in the past too, where it's like, well, why are you, why are you putting all this stuff there? I'm like, well, it's like you just said, it's so everyone knows because somebody else might have a similar question to you and this helps them. And then you, again, you know where the answer comes from. So it's just, you know, if someone's taking the time and supporting their answer, say thank you. Even if you, even if it annoys you, just say thank you because obviously they took the time to do it and they cared. We should say thank you more in HeroClix. I try to say thank you as much as possible. Thank you for pointing that out. Also, You're welcome. I, I don't know how to say this without sounding elitist or something bad, but if you're not sure... Clicks in Illuminati. Like, I, it, Hashtag inner circle. We, we talked about before, like, if, if, you're, if your answer is, I'm pretty sure... I, there will be... I don't know. Like, just... If you're not sure, there will be other people. Or even yeah. if you don't know, like, tag the person. Like, I don't know. I don't always know everything. I would... I people that I go to, I would tag, I guess, Anthony or Joe probably would be the point being that, yeah, I mean, if you don't know, I don't know, even it's matter fine. to you. I don't even matter. <laughs> I don't think you'd be interested. But point being, if you don't know, that's okay. And if you don't know, it's actually probably good that there's a a thread and just tag and, somebody you think can answer it. And don't there is feel a obligated. Reason, there is a reason not to try and guess at the answer, and that is this. I have seen threads. Because in a lot of the groups, people can close their own posts. They can just, you know, so you can't comment anymore. And people have gotten the wrong answer because somebody answered first and went, I think it works this way, and it's wrong. And then the guy goes, okay, thanks, and closes the comments. Okay, so now that guy has a wrong answer. And there's not really a good way to go in and answer him and correct it. And then, I mean, there was just a question the other day where somebody pointed out that, there were eight replies. I was one of them. Literally, everybody else was wrong. But if that person doesn't come back to their post, all they have are wrong answers. They don't know that somebody has corrected it. So just, it's 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 cool. No one's going to think less of you if you don't answer a question you're not sure about. I've There's been plenty of times where I'm like, I'm going to look that up so I can post the reasoning later, and Brandon beats me to it. Brian beats me to it. Jay beats me to it. And I'm like, cool, because it's the right answer. I don't care as long as the right answer is up there. Yeah, and I guess also it's worth noting, I mean, especially if they quote powers, but I've seen a lot of people, I wouldn't call them random, but, like, they're not well-known people that know their stuff. And yeah, I know that they're generally good, and especially if they post stuff. But, yeah, you also don't have to rely on a person that you know for a fact. And then I think this is my last quibble, but... Recently, there was a thread where the, the the question was answered. Like the 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 post, the point of the post was person who wasn't me posting. This question has been asked a lot. Here's the answer. Here is the rules. Quote. It it was all there, and then people were arguing whether it was intent or you know. My point. The point I'm trying to go towards is that if the rules are answered definitively by the actual rules. Not everything needs a, a rules form post. Yes. Especially when you say this like needs a ruling. It's I mean, sometimes if it's not intuitive, like I don't even know if the Batman splitting damage questions up there, but there are times where I say, I see this question a lot, should be clarified or up there, but also not everything needs an answer. 
Okay. Emmanuel Leviera. Modifier from higher elevation edge to lower elevation and blocking interactions. The difference between indoor and outdoor and when is line of fire clear or blocked. We will get to this. Maybe not on its own. Maybe with somebody else's question. But we will try and address this better. Not as good in a audio format, unfortunately. But we can only try. But... Yeah, so if you're if you're going from higher elevation to lower elevation, if there's blocking, it's going to be blocking either way because if it's on the lower elevation, it is still blocking because it ha- for it to not be blocking, they would have to be both on the same elevation and it would have to be lower. And indoor and outdoor and line of fire, there are differences which we'll go over explicitly and whatnot. Uh, Matthew Ventura, which, if I recall correctly, is my favorite question. What is the worst word in Heroclix, and why is it place? I think Joe was uh, Joe and I have already decided just now to just write a whole thesis about it. Yeah. Is that place or capital place? <sighs> For clarity, okay, the word place is funny in Heroclix, because this question comes up every time there's a relevant figure. So you have placement. Basically, the the way the rulebook lays it out is placement is generally from one square of the map to another square of the map. The most common way this will happen within the standard rules is telekinesis and being carried, as well as uh, ejecting from a vehicle. Basically, those are the most common ways. Placement from on the map to another square on the map is considered placed for effects that say you can't have been placed, most commonly poison, but... Being, I'm not a fan of the word place being used as well to describe off the map to on the map. So sideline effects or bystander generation. The rule book says that placement from off the map onto the map is not the same as the word place discussed here, I think is close to the exact quote. So it is unfortunate and who knows. But And it should be a different word. Because unfortunately, the capitals have not helped us with protected or uh, protected. No, no, unfortunately. But it is not quite a rules question, but it is a fair one. I see confusion because there's lots of stuff. Stuff gets generated that has poison. Troubler, some troublers can use it, and it's... Yeah. I mean, retail is another huge thing with it. Yes, now, yes. And that's yeah because yeah it makes sense why people are like well why aren't they the same thing it's the same word you're you're right the the specific question here is because the newer retaliators are almost all in modern left now I think except for what Star and Trisentinel have the clause that they can't do it if another character another friendly character is in placed or sometimes if a friendly character is in placed but point being that also the other kind of placement would not apply. Or not affect this, which... Yes. Hey, Jay, what if all of my characters hate me? Are they still friendly? Who doesn't hate you? They're uh, aggressively Prez... friendly. What? They're they're aggressive. They're, they're violently friendly. That's how you would say it. Ah. I thought you were going to contribute something of actual note. Matthew no. Preslacroix asks, How drunk should I be to play Heroclix? And nobody really has the right to give you an answer there because you are the official drunk 
drunken or drunk heroclix world champion uh i believe the last time that happened it was at some convention i don't know who else was there but i believe scott porter was there so congratulations so i feel like before cut you shouldn't be drunk but after cut and like you have your break and your dinner then be as drunk as you want to be i mean being hung over and recovering does seem to be the best because i know a guy that won a world title by doing that who Sparky. Never heard of him. Uh-huh. No, I didn't know oh, that story. You're, you're gonna. You're gonna. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're a bunch of weirdos. Um, so, yeah, I do not know how... I don't think I've ever played Heroclix Drunk, so I don't have any idea. I have no frame of mind or reference. But, yeah, maybe taking a drink between the cut is good, because then you're fried and probably anxious, and also drink responsibly. John Morley, who has been a guest, who is appreciated. Oh, and Sparky's has the next question. Okay, John Morley, expanding starting gears with Galactus in the format. What order do you place figures with Galactus when a half half a dozen two-by-twos and some single-based figures all on the same team? Not that I expect to see Galactus, a whole bunch of Dark Phoenix retaliators, and a few Brainiacs, but everybody needs to know how it works just in case. So the biggest base is first, and then you go in descending order, and then once you've reached the point where you cannot fit anybody else, like, let me you have to try and fit everything you can. You can't arbitrarily place stuff and say, oh, it doesn't, you have to try and fit as much in as possible. Like, that is a requirement. Yeah, even if that formation is not favorable to you, you still have to do it. This is... This might be a it-used-to-work-this-way-worthy thing. It used to be, you would check, you would say, oh, it doesn't work, and then you would replace everything. You you ha- Even if it's suboptimal, you have to attempt to place everything. And then I guess with Galactus, you inherently get the extra row. Yeah, because you have to. I mean, you get more than one extra row most of the time. Yeah. Well, sir, well I can't remember if it's rows or columns, but either way, yeah, if it's a normal starting area... So yeah, I guess you would expand and then place. So yeah. Okay. I mean, he he guarantees to expand, but still, if you have the two by twos, it's Galactus. Then your next biggest. Then your next biggest. Well, actually, if if for whatever reason you're playing Galactus and the Blackbird, like. Right. But technically, because of the way it's worded, wouldn't it be I attempt to place Galactus? He cannot fit in my starting area, so he goes to the side. I place all my two-by-twos, I fill with my single base, and then I place Galactus, technically. Are you asking or saying? Both. I'm, I'm stating and asking if I'm, if I'm misspeaking or missing something. I'm, I have the, all the rule books ready and ready to go. Just give me a second. It's, he doesn't. By by definition, he does not fit in a stand. Well, I mean, a, I don't know if he yeah. fits in a starting area, but a standard starting area, he will not fit. I in. I don't know. Um. Okay. So the expansion stuff is beginning of the page, comprehensive rulebook supplement, page two, or the first page that's not the index. Um. Or sorry, it's at the end of the page. Hmm, one second. Vamp. Vamp. Mm. Uh, a player must attempt to fill all 
fit all game elements within that boundary, regardless of how they personally want to set up their force. Once you can no longer fit any more of a certain base size, you move on to the next smaller base size, etc. Until the entire purple area boundary area is filled as best as possible. If a player can fit all their starting game elements into the starting area in any possible configuration, they may not expand. Point being, it does sound like you essentially don't place Galactus because you have to check for maximum occupancy and then you expand. So that's actually a good thing to know, and I hadn't even thought about it. Okay. Richard Leo, I've never heard of you. Who the heck are you? Why are you wasting my time? So, so why you... Jay, I don't, I don't think you quite said that loud enough for people to hear galactus gets placed basically once the purple area is completely filled or as close as possible because yeah you could, was, he's only yeah. 100 points you could play enough brainiacs or suited henchmen or whatever so yeah essentially you put him to the side like joe said because you have to fit everything is as much as possible and then you go to the expansion part like i'm literally like, literally looking at his card to see if there's anything that contradicts that but there isn't so yeah. because he doesn't fit in the purple you have to fill the purple and then start pooping out other stuff Ooh, you're dirty boy okay oh this guy richard leo i wanted to explain the concept behind cosmic justice unique brother blood and why he's the most meta-breaking piece ever uh because if you play him your opponent's mind will melt and you will win automatically because why are you playing him? That's that's the, that's the most dignified answer you deserve. That checks out. Makes sense. Uh, John Eric Hafford. There still seems to be newer player issues with the usage of the word place. Yes. Uh, Zachariah Coffee. If I have plasticity and I'm behind barrier and, or blocking, and my opponent has improved movement, destroy blocking. Can the improved movement character move, destroy blocking? and then move away without being affected by plasticity, same action, etc. Or does the plasticity prevent the blocking from being destroyed? So you can do that movement, assuming that there's otherwise no blocking adjacent, because you're not adjacent until there's no blocking there, and then uh, and the blocking is destroyed after resolutions. So essentially, yes. So even if you're in a... So if a character is adjacent to a square of blocking, and the character moves into that square of blocking, you're not adjacent to the square adjacent to you? And yeah, even if that was how it works, it wouldn't work because you would have to end your movement in blocking and you can't do that. Because like Yeah, so you right. can't destroy the blocking. Like, you said yeah. that wrong. You you don't and yeah. can't, yeah. Okay. So, that, that's you what you said that very wrong, Jay. You said that very wrong. Okay. You're just attacking me because you love me too much. Gilbert Miller, please spend at least half so an wait, hour wait, discussing... Wait, what? Jay. Let's make sure that people understand. Thank you, Chad. Blocking is not destroyed until after resolutions. You cannot move into the blocking next to another character and then back out. Plasticity is kind of irregardless. Well, regardless. I don't know why I said irregardless. I feel bad now and dirty. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. You can't move adjacent to a character because it would stop you. And you can't stop in the blocking because it's not destroyed yet. Well, I actually looked this up. Technically, I think, and I should, it's the rule of occupancy. I believe, because I saw that question, I should have had my rule books open on my damn phone. 
Um, I think what would happen. But you you aren't adjacent because they're still blocking there. You can't be adjacent when there's also blocking. Why not? You're in the square. Is the piece of barrier adjacent? If they are and you've moved into it, then yes, you are adjacent to it. And, and I mean, he asks about being affected by plasticity, so by definition, right. I don't know, suppose that there's the character, diagonal piece of blocking, and then diagonal character behind that. That sounds about right. So, what what wisdom do you have for us, Joe? Because I'm apparently very stupid. Or I just am very stupid. No <clears throat> Rule of occupancy... We, any effect resulting in two or more characters occupying the same square is prohibited, of course. Any effect resulting in characters, markers, or objects occupying a square or blocking terrain is prohibited except for, clear and, except for clear and debris markers. If a non-optional effect that places a game element would cause either situation to occur, the opponent chooses a square that is as close as possible to the specified square for the game element to be placed. So what I think would happen... Uh yeah oh no never mind that's it is under there you're right no Chad had it right okay that's what I thought effects may allow a character to move through characters and are blocking but a character can't end its movement in such a square if it would which is where we're talking about the plasticity it must end its movement before entering so that's that is what it is okay I know I'm right but doesn't anybody ever listen to me okay that just tripped me out because you're still because it's weird because they're still blocking there but I yeah guess. you can't even destroy that blocking you literally right. can't destroy yeah. it right. Because right, it so would take essence, the game into an illegal game state that can't right. exist. So, yeah, so the process is because you only destroy the blocking after resolutions, you can't move there because the plasticity would stop your movement. Therefore, you'd be ending your movement in blocking. Right. Exactly. So end it before it. So basically, shoot the blocking before you move up. Also true. Yeah. Gilbert Miller, please spend at least half an hour discussing the pinch. I don't even know if Chad knows what this means. It's not a thing. Wow, very, very uh, concise. Sure. It's not a game term. Uh, there's nothing to discuss. Everyone. I don't know what the pinch is, so I gotta go agree that it's not a game term, and I don't know what it is. <sighs> okay, the pinch is. <sighs> Suppose you have four characters next to each other in a square formation, right? Like A1, A2, B1, B2, whatever. They're a bunch of characters. So They're all adjacent to each other. Yeah, so character in A1 can close attack the character in, in B2, assuming yep. they're otherwise legal target. The, what the pinch refers to is because you can't draw a line of fire because of the characters on the sides blocking the line of fire, but you can do the close attack. Close attacks so don't require problem? line of fire unless some effect says they do. Like literally what's what's the problem here? Somebody was not happy that you can make the close attack but can't draw a line of fire. This yeah. game is not reality. Oh, it is a happy. series of rules that set up different scenarios. And one of those scenarios is that you can't see a person when two other people are blocking you. I mean that's pretty easy. That was the other other thing. The rules do not work based on... Well, first of all, there's no realism because it's comics and fictional properties and 
whatnot. You, you shut your mouth. Invincible the, is a thing. Okay, well, sorry. Flight actual, is a thing. The actual wrestlers exist as people, but I don't think Undertaker's actually that powerful. Um, you don't even being, know that Undertaker. Point being that the rules are not based on reality, so if something makes you think, oh, that doesn't seem right, that doesn't, that unfortunately doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, it's it's basically the same thing with windows and doors, how people, like, lose their minds. Well, that's not how a window would work. It's just a word to describe a situation. It's not an actual glass window in between everybody that has a pie sitting on the ledge. That's that. That's not what you're seeing here. <laughs> It'd be awesome if, it, if we got pie with every match. Oh, man. Only if you're using windows. It, it, it's it's kind of interesting because sometimes they do address those things because when the game first came out, it, the term wasn't penetrating psychic blast. It was just psychic blast. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, you're not always going to. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, the, the words are there and sometimes they're helpful descriptions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are important to, you know, or correct. Like how the book of the skulls uses the word equip like two years before that word was official game term. That one annoys me. But point being, yeah. un- the game does not necessarily conform to what should make sense or what happened in that exact issue of that comic book, unfortunately. The game is governed by its own internal set of logic, which is why I don't like when people go, oh, there's no logic to this game. No, there is. It's just that it's its own internal rules. Just like how, when do you watch you know, Batman, he can drive a ridiculous Batmobile that would be very hard to drive. And nobody thinks twice about it. Or he has the gas pellets on his utility belt and he has everything. That's its own internal logic. You can't say, well, Spider-Man would never do that. Okay, fine. That has nothing to do with Batman. Same thing with Heroclix rules. Just because, well, I can see somebody that's next to me in real life. Cool. We're playing Heroclix. And the internal logic says you cannot draw a line of fire to him. That's all it comes down to. It's one of those things where, like, I used to play Warhammer a lot, and one of the, like, characters in it, so there was a standard bearer, a champion, and a musician, and the skeleton units had had musicians that, like, had horns, and it's like, no, I can't accept that a skeleton can blow a horn. I can't. <laughs> if you want to give him drums or something, then he can be the musician, but if you've given him a, a wind instrument, I I can't accept that. And I can accept that skeletons can talk, but I cannot accept that a skeleton can play a wind instrument. Yeah, this one, this is old rules wouldn't work now, but before, theoretically, because you used to, what was it? You could never, you could never carry a character holding an object, but before you were able, what was it? Yeah, you could, you could carry an object and carry a character, but you couldn't carry a character holding an object, I believe. You can't do either now. Yeah, I'm saying you can't do either now, but before. So it was always funny to me that you could have, like, a tiny character. Like, you had, yeah, you could have a Superman not be able to carry a tiny character holding an ultralight object or a light object. That just always, that always was really funny to me. Nobody can explain to me why Batman can't climb into the dumpster that Superman is carrying. Nobody can explain that to me. Explain it to me, God. Uh, Michael Paris, destroy blocking versus a wall and line of fire with a direct diagonal. Can it destroy a wall? Okay, so destroy blocking. Well, there's multiple 
ways that different blocking can matter differently because if it's a piece of blocking, yeah, like let's say there's a uh, just a single barrier, just a single. Are we punching it or are we shooting it? Like I'm starting with I'm starting with close. Okay, so, so so say that it doesn't. Yeah, for close first, it doesn't matter if you're diagonal to it or not because you're still adjacent. Whereas a wall is different because a wall you have to be parallel to. I don't know if that explains it enough. But you can't basically you can't diagonally punch a window or a wall. You have to be directly standing in front of it. Or for a range, door. We don't discuss doors. And for range, you have to be able to for a window or a door, you have to be able to draw a line of fire or draw range to a square past it. Yeah. At least a square past it. And you have to draw a line of fire through I can't actually remember that. Like any as long as you get some of the door when or so, whatever, right? So here's where you got to stop. You can't say line of fire because you can't see through a door. Right. I, I realize that in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I believe the rule is technically that you would have to have range for the square on the other side of the wall. Yeah, or, that's what I was trying to go for. But you, and I don't think I don't I don't see many times when you would have direct diagonal and not be able to bring that line of fire down. So that it came through the piece of blocking, but I guess unless you don't have range, I mean that's that's the that's big thing the there. Truth. Or there's blocking on the way, and it makes that perfect diagonal. Because I don't think technically you can do a range destroy if your only line of fire is on the perfect diagonal. Yeah. That's well, there is the fun. fact that the hindering gives that that blocking, you know, plus one defense for a total of one defense. <laughs> Don't crit miss. <laughs> we're, we're joking on that, for the yeah. love of for the love of God, everyone. Well, we're, no we're rule of zeros. You can't you can't attack a character with zero defense. You shut up, Jake, because someone's gonna believe that. Oh <laughs> uh, no! I think what rule of zeros is only for passengers in range now. No, it's only for passenger and attack. What? You replace the range. No, 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 no. Sorry. Rule of zeros for range, it has to be replacement, not a modifier. Yes, 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 yes. And passenger zero is essentially you can't carry, as it would have been. As you can't carry. The rule of zero. Right. And then, yeah, if you want to make a range, if you have a range of zero, you have to either, you have to have a replacement value, such as throwing an object. You can't just perplex up range if you have zero range and make an attack, a range attack. Okay, adjacency, base contract. Did you actually answer the question there, Jay? I just want to ask. Yeah, destroy blocking versus a wall. A line of fire with a direct diagonal can it destroy a wall, yeah. Okay, adjacency, base contact, having to stop when moving through a door with someone on the other side. So you are not adjacent until you are... It's it's. The there's a wall... Okay, doors and windows, God help me, are walls for everything except for each of them has one exception, being the movement and line of fire. So Mm -hmm. when you are on the other side of the door, you are not adjacent. After you have moved through the door and you are... Okay, so on the physical map, those two squares are next to each other but not adjacent because of the wall. And once you've moved through, you are properly adjacent. Hope that yeah. makes sense. Uh, so I still have that argument with the if you're trying to move diagonal, and there's like 
blocking and a person. Oh, yeah, okay, so I think it was, the question was, uh, okay, so character, uh, door, and then there's another character parallel to the door. Like, characters on, both on each side of the door, and then... So it's blocking wall, wall, or blocking door, door, wall, blocking, and then on each side of the door are characters. And then adjacent to the character... Adjacent to the opposing, like you're trying to move your friendly character past the door, and then next to the the character parallel to the door, next to them or in some other adjacent square to where you're trying to move into, there is plasticity. Chad thinks you can't. I mean, I think if there's even a character there, you can't. You absolutely can. Why? Uh, let's take away the plasticity for a moment. Let's, I, I'm thinking, I mean, if I have the diagram in my head, right, I may have the diagram wrong. So excuse me. Are you okay, moving, once, are you moving on the diagonal? Yes. Okay. So that's and on one I corner have. of the diagonal is blocking. The other yep. corner of the diagonal is let a me, character. Okay. Yes. Let, so, okay. Let me, cause I have it now. So let me just say, cause this actually came up in a match that I have on YouTube that Ricky played. Um, so if that if that door was not there and those characters were adjacent, right, and you rolled breakaway and you succeeded in your breakaway, you could absolutely move a, a, through that di- through that intersection on the diagonal. So the door doesn't change anything. There's no di- there's no breakaway though. You can't roll breakaway. Right. So what you happens? You can't so the- move through the opposing character square, and you Correct. can't move through the blocking. Correct. And you're not. You're moving. You through have the inter- to. You don't have to. You have to move through the path of least resistance. That's how that's no. how diagonal movement works. No, yeah, it's not. and the door is clear for movement. Right, and the the character's square is clear for movement. The character stops your movement when you become adjacent, which is after you pass through the door. You consider the terrain on either side for the path of least resistance. You do, and a character is not terrain. I li- and that's why I said I literally had this discussion with someone a few months ago without the door. So the door doesn't change anything because the door is clear for movement. And it prevents adjacency before, so you don't roll breakaway. You move through the diagonal. Once you are in the next square, oh, there's a character there. I have to stop moving if you have to stop moving. So you stop moving. I don't like it. <laughs> so, you're, so we said the exact same thing, in, uh, but you're going to listen to him over me, or at least respect what he said more than me, which is fair. I mean, anybody's more respectful for you. I, I still, like, I can't move through an opposing character. But you're not. You are. No, you're not. Because the, the character rules, is there. The rules specifically say that you are not. When you, you are moving through the intersection, you are not moving through either square. And when moving through an intersection, you compare the terrain on either side. Well, so then if it's two characters, I can move through two characters, even though I can't move through characters. Yes, that is within the rules. That is exactly what the rules say. If, if you're based by two characters and you're moving through the diagonal and you roll breakaway and you succeed in your breakaway, you can move to that other square. Because as long, even if they're, let's say the train's hindering, because blocking would stop, of course, but then the characters wouldn't be there. But if, the, if the, both squares are hindering, you would still move through that intersection, and if you did not have improved movement hindering, you would just stop in the next square. Yeah, true. Right, right. So, because you don't, and that's and that that is where 
again, when we talk about the little things, you're not moving through either square. You're moving through the intersection. And the rules specifically say you're moving through the intersection, but you consider the terrain on either side and characters are not terrain. So characters do not have any impact on the movement through that intersection. They affect it after. I'm still not going to like it. <laughs> oh, well, this happened today that I don't like, but I mean, the rules are the rules. What are you going to do? I mean, you could just pretend to not know the rules and then nobody definitely knows the rules at that point. Okay, uh, here's a couple more. Uh, Valeria Von Doom, Venom Groot, nine squares of knockback for nine penetrating damage. Basically, Valeria has an effect where if a character is placed within four squares in line of fire of her, they take a penetrating. Groot does the same thing, but only needs the four range, not line of fire. So the way knockback works is because you have to check that knockback is still legal or is is not otherwise stopped. Yeah, so you check one at a time. Is the, Can I still continue knockback? Has anything stopped it? No. Next square. Has anything stopped it? No. So that is so. if you knock somebody back, that's nine, that's nine specific separate instances of placement. So those effects would trigger every time. Yeah, so if yeah. you have Valeria and Groot, it's, it's 18. The nine squares reference is to uh, Onslaught, who can... Yeah. Knockback a character nine squares, also regardless of uh, charger combat reflexes. Or ABPI uh, Captain America. Oh. Yeah. We have a uh, She-Hulk that does double knockback. But I mean, the the big thing with that is the whole like, if you have invincible, it doesn't matter because it's nine single instances for each one of them. Yeah. I don't think it's nine damage. It's one it's, damage. It's... Nine, nine times. Right. Yeah, because uh, Invincible would ignore each instance of damage. Would reduce the penetrating damage. <laughs> oh. I did it to Kenny, so I'm going to do it to all of you. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you really want to annoy Kenny, just call the uh, alternate win condition a mercy rule. That's, uh, that's the best way to go about it. If you yeah. want to annoy anybody right now, ask them what happens if I have Impervious and Invincible. Mm. No. No, 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 no. We are not getting into that. And I'm not saying I'm going to edit it, that out, but I hate you. Okay. <laughs> Remember that thing I said I didn't like happened today? What? I just, never mind. This is so, why we can't have nice things. It's true. Okay. Uh, why does character generation not respect the sheep don't honor? Spider hammer eye, more of a joke for me. Okay, so the effect is that Spider Hammer I has is when he is adjacent to only one opposing character, and that character is also not adjacent to anybody else. Characters can't be placed in adjacent squares. Uh, kind of like, is it a one on one duel sort of thing? Um, so you can generate, because again, the different kinds of placement, which is a thing, but it's also really funny that that effect can stop not the knockback, because you can't be placed, so you're literally getting chucked across the room, but then the magical barrier of the uh, of the duel just stops you. I don't know. And then you play Shredder Clone, and he has an entire different duel mechanic. Okay. Then you make a pact, and it'll be great. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, so you can play High Father too. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, that's, uh, what is it, 60 plus 130 plus 85 if you play the optional trait. That's definitely a team. 
Um, and if you were playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you could play the card that is definitely not pandemic-friendly because it requires that you offer your opponent a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. It literally is. You offer your opponent a handshake, and then if they accept it, effect happens. But there was actually I learned that there was a ruling that it's not physically necessary because there were people that were being gross and oh. like. Yeah, but point being, don't don't shake people's hands right now. Okay, his last question: That's When do don't be gross? Uh, when yeah, do I'm gonna go with don't be gross rather than don't shake people's hands or don't play Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, when do sideline characters clear action tokens and why? Uh, Venom Strange, shifting focus, relevance, rule book quotes, please. The I same mean, time, any character would clear action. Right. Tokens. So if yep. a character's off the map. This is as close to an exact quote as I can get off the top of my head. If a character's off the map, they clear tokens when they otherwise normally would. Yep. This is also... You're probably going to see this most often with a vehicle pilot. So, on the turn, character pilots a vehicle. That's a costed action to get an action token. They go off the map. And then, so that turn is over. And then the next turn, you check, this character has not given an action token this turn they would clear normally and then you clear them not an exact rulebook quote but i i don't remember how i read the rulebook so much just finding people and i answers. think that is like your original quote i think that is exactly where it's just they would clear they would clear when they normally would so i mean it's yeah like, it's, it's, it's as close, close as you're gonna get if not an exact quote also on top of that it probably isn't gonna matter why I don't think you're going to really pull them off the sideline that many times. The second the second you use your Venom Strange to call in like three other Venom Stranges, they're probably going to kill your Venom Strange. I would imagine he's asking for um, the Venom Strange, Venom Groot interaction maybe, or the, the Troublemakers conceivably could come in on a turn, take an action, leave the next turn, come back... I mean, maybe, but no. But yeah. No, it's 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 quite. I mean, it's within. It's possible. It's Lots of things is, are possible. It is plausible, but it's not yes. likely. Mostly. No, no, no. Right. You said plausible. It is not plausible. It's possible. Right. All you, you need to hit three attacks, and then it's a fifty-fifty roll the next turn, and then hit three attacks. Like it's it's very within the realm of possible. Uh, his last question. Uh, thank you for all the questions. Uh, destroying items in an I okay I'm just gonna correct uh, destroying objects in an object attack without a target I've had players not believe it can be done okay I don't even know with this so basically you can I guess you be, don't you need can, a target you yeah a, an effect doesn't need yeah an effect doesn't need to be legal to be activated which is also how the whole no 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 it's still legal. Yeah. Taking an action is always legal. Right. I'm saying if parts of it are not legal or can't be done. There's nothing I, illegal. Can't be done is fine, but it's, it's, everything is still legal. It's just they can't yeah. be done. Yeah. Activating, don't say illegal or don't say not legal because no, that implies that like... Taking the action itself is always legal, but if you can't do parts of it, you still do what you can. So, the object thing is, yeah, you pick up the object, you go to make an object attack. 
there's no target, and also it's worth noting that the object would still be destroyed if there was a successful shape change roll and no attack roll was actually made. Yes. Which is the ruling that people can point to, because that was the actual question. What happens if I make an object attack and my opponent, or at the target, rolls shape change and I don't make the attack? That's where the the reason the outside reasoning came in is that actual question so there is like also a good reason why that works the way it does no 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 no. there's a reason don't (laughs) ever call it a good reason well i say good because otherwise the shape change thing can make things get weird and i would rather have something straightforward where it's like no it's better if they had just made an exception for shape change everything would have been better if an exception for shape change had been made rather than what they did what it came down to is I had a very, very, very long talk with Adam about the implications of if you change this whole thing. It's it's just, I feel like this could be an intent ruling, but as far as the actual rules as written go, it could cause just too many headaches. Right. So, and when I say long, long, that's like the better part of a week. So to answer the question where we started at, you can always take an action, the action resolves. When the action resolves, the object is destroyed. Whether that's a close object attack or a ranged object attack. Yep, it is a thing that exists. It is unfortunate. You can it is a fact that you can destroy indestructible objects that way because they can only be destroyed in an attack. So it is it is what it is. And it does look like this is the last question. Okay, I'll read this exactly. Raphael Souza? S-O-U-Z-A. I don't know. I'm sorry. You think it is Souza? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it looks that way. Any chance you guys can discuss last action? I saw a game yesterday that could end in a fight and change the result of it. Last action was called, and the guy was about to declare breakaway running shot. So he said breakaway. Last action called running shot. Since he knew it was last action, he looked at the board and decided who he could ki- kill KO with his last shot. Blah, blah, blah. You can watch it. And whatever. It's, it's okay, fine. It's Jason Collins' game in the 2x2 two two tournament on the Red Clicks channel if you want to watch. This is... So... The way last action works is you finish the currently declared action, whatever that could be. That could be a perplex. Like you could be in the middle of what you're perplexing and then last action, that's it. So I watched this video. The, the, the series of events was the player declared running shot and was determining what the breakaway role was needed. That was needed would be. And then last action was called. So he had committed to the action he was he was using running shot, therefore he needed to break away. Break away, like, he's in the middle of the running shot, and he has to do the things related to it. Mm-hmm. So he rolls for, so he was, he, he declared running shot, he's in running shot, and then last action, but he still is resolving the action because you finished the currently declared action. So you go for break away because that's part of the action, and then it doesn't matter what the board state was before, you once you broke, you break away, and then you determine your movement and your attack. Jay, that was that was horribly said. 
any anybody else have anything to contribute here, or did I do okay? I mean, breakaway is not an action. Right. Last the, last action is literally if you have declared an action, complete running shot. Which should be running shot. Yep. Complete it. If you have not declared an action, the game is over. Yeah. Yeah, but in this case, he was he said, "I'm doing running shot with this character. Is there plasticity there? That sort of thing." So middle running shot. Yeah, like. Each part of that thing feels like a different thing, but it's all in the same action. Same as, let's say, hypersonic speed. Yeah, you have to roll for breakaway, and then you move, and all that stuff. So It's the same thing as after resolutions for flurry is after both attacks go. Yeah. I, I, could, I could understand it being questionable if it was literally at the same time declaring running shot and that, but that's a whole other thing. And there have been... But in this case, it... I kind of want to say cut and dry, but I would say I'm dismissive. But that that was played out correctly. I don't know the game you're talking about, but yeah. I, if you I declared running to, shot, you finished the running yeah, shot. Decided, the entire yeah, running shot. running shot, determine what the breakaway roll was, like determining what the breakaway roll needed was, and then last action was called right, right around there. Now, I think it needs to be clarified as well that once last action is declared, you finish your current action. You do not get after resolutions. So if it's Vulture or Jason, because I've seen people do this, well, well, we've been playing 10 minutes after the game ended because he still has to do all of his mind controls. No, he doesn't. It's over. It's last yeah, so action. It's not continue to do all the actions ever created in, under their world. Right, because the, the after resolutions at no cost is... Basically, there's a part of the rulebook that clarifies that it is whatever action it is like a range like for jason wingard he mind controls at no cost after resolution well, jay, hold on. jay hold on it's simpler i think it's the tournament resources on the win now literally yep. says i believe says you don't get your after resolutions effects so right. here you worry about regardless of what the after resolutions is yeah right but i'm nope. just saying there's also part of the rules that further clarify but it's much because people will be like, well, so what about? No, no, you don't get any after resolutions effects. Cut and dry, you don't. Just don't. Yeah. There's there's some interesting uh, things about it, like no pushing damage, no mystics, yep. yeah. no crit miss damage. <laughs> That's the one that bothers me. The fact that you could theoretically be in the middle and then, oh, I'm not gonna take mystics. That one's that one's pretty funny to me. I gather there are rules, but it's just I find it funny. Okay. Of all the rules, that's the one you focus on being funny. <laughs> I mean, I could focus on your face. That's pretty funny. Shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed in a hero clips game. It is distracting when people see my high level of sexiness. You mean they think it's high because they're high? Whatever gets the job done. Whatever gets the job done. Whatever floats your goat. I... Why are you goats? It's a Canadian thing, as I understand it. No, we no. It's it's whatever floats your moose, because if your moose can float, there's something wrong with your water. Um, I think okay. that covered. So that's all the actual questions. I think we covered our personal pet peeves and gripes, and please just quote the rules or quote the the power in question, so we can help us help you. And be nice. Because things are going on in the world. So, you know, try and be nice. Yeah. I can't promise you be, that. 
Well, not I just ask you. It goes without saying. You're not a person. You're a, a homunculus or something. I don't even know. Like um, from from like Full Metal Alchemist, because that'd be pretty cool. I don't know. I I haven't watched it. Point being, if you if there's any takeaways specifically, it's read the rules. If you're posting a rules question, quote the rule or the power in question, and read the rules. Also, if you don't get an immediate answer, remember, whoever's answering you is taking time out of their day to answer you, and they probably have other things to do. Yeah. Oh, actually, you made me think of that. And if you're in the middle of a game, and you're like, guys, we can't keep going unless we get this answered. Unless it's at a high-level tournament. I'm talking about if people are asking on Facebook. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be right. if it's a high-level tournament for so many reasons, but yeah. Yeah. But if you're just if you're at your local venue and you're going to Facebook to ask something and you do, and you give yourselves five minutes or something reasonable, just move along. Like, or if you have your local judge or however you figure it out, just keep going. Like, it doesn't have to. Yeah, you you hang. can't expect people to answer immediately necessarily. Like, you know, if you if you happen to see it, great. But it's you know, it's just not the most likely thing ever. And. Uh, don't be afraid to ask your judge because a lot of quote unquote rules questions sometimes have been, well, there's this scenario this week at the venue and what would this count? And it's like, well, none of us wrote that vent, that scenario. So why don't you ask your judge? Cause they'll probably give you an answer. Hopefully, hopefully they'll give you an answer. Oh yeah. Also, also I think it's important to say that most people don't know the answer to a lot of questions until somebody else has asked the question. So never don't ask a question. Yeah. Also, it reminded me, this is more thing on Realms, but yeah, don't lock your rules threads because, or whatever Facebook calls it, or turn off commenting, because there could be follow-up questions or, you know, there could be people later or whatever. Just, it, just don't do it. There's just no actual reason to do it unless something really bad is happening. Right. Uh, also, as far as local judges goes, I've seen this a lot. It, saying my local judge said doesn't mean anything. Even if they're a rules expert sort of person, like they can still be wrong. Like Everybody yeah, is wrong. If there's an incorrect ruling at your local venue or even a high-level thing, that, that sucks. But, but at a certain, yeah, ju judges are the final authority for that tournament. But also, just because your judge ruled, it doesn't. If it doesn't, if you're not, if you don't think it's right, and you saw in the rules and you disagree, or if you just you disagree, you can also follow up. Yeah. Your judge might not like it or be receptive, but your local judge is definitely not the be all or end all outside of the actual event in question at the time. Also. At some point, everybody is wrong. Literally every single person is going to be wrong at some point. But when your judge makes a ruling, go with it. Figure out the correct answer later and talk to them over. I mean, that's at the point where they go, okay, yeah, I was wrong. Going forward, this is how it'll be. Yeah, maybe maybe one time if we want to do a more funny episode, I could... Joe knows the story of the worst judge ruling I've ever gotten. Maybe the worst judge ruling anybody's ever gotten. I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's hyperbole. I don't know if I know. The, I probably know the story, but I don't know what it is. I feel like you just have to do it now. You can't just tease that. 
Okay, so basically... So basically, suppose... This is a different power, but for simplicity, suppose that for the purpose of this interaction, you needed to have... Like, I knew that I needed to perplex up speed. I just didn't actually do it. I had the ability to do it, right? Like, it's it was literally declare the free action and do it. Like, yes, like, the thing itself was wrong. In this case, it was slightly different. In this case, it was... Uh, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman set, Mr. Mixiaspitlick, who has the change size power, so I forgot to declare the action to change the size to the relevant one to get the line of fire. And then, so I do that. In this case, it's it was Mixiaspitlick's pulse wave that gives tokens powers. So basically, I didn't declare it, but I very well could have because it was just a free action. And then I go to do it. I give him, I give him the action tokens. His whole team is pushed and whatever. And then... You know, I, I position according to his whole team is pushed because that was what happened. So then it goes on. He, he took the tokens, he collected his figures. I did the whole rest of my turn, and then <clears throat> uh, my opponent was like, but on his turn, my opponent was like, well, you couldn't have done the thing. And then what the judge allowed or ruled was that my character had still moved. Who did the my mixie had still moved and done the running shot, but his characters got to take the tokens off and get the take the push damage away basically the only part of my turn like also turn backs are annoying but the only part of my turn that he took back was the getting the action tokens so he basically gave my opponent the game because i essentially moved to get destroyed uh the other takeaway of this is that both players can make mistakes but both players are responsible for maintaining the legal game state that has a lot of implications, including yeah, if you both did something, if you both didn't realize something and you're way past it, like there's only people have different rules, different preferences of what they'll allow for takebacks. But at a certain point, if you can't take it back, you can't. Right. Uh, but also, if your opponent has an effect and they don't remember it and it's mandatory, such as mystics or rolling shape change, isn't mandatory, but you have to let them have the opportunity to do it. But you can't, you can't allow your opponent to forget things if they're non-optional or you know your opponent will at least want to consider if they want to roll shape change right so but i don't know what the point of that story was but if anybody has a, a worse judge ruling story then i mean it just sounds to me like you cheated on, i mean kind of but my opponent also was okay with it and whatever and uh but if somebody has a worse story than taking back I don't even know what you call that, but if somebody has a worse story, I would love to hear it. Uh, and I think that's it because Chad was already getting testy and wanted to get out of here anyway. So thank you both. Hopefully we at least help people with the general, we'll call it etiquette or general how to go about things to make everybody's life easier. And we'll be a big, happy HeroClix family that knows the rules, hopefully. So, thanks, Joe, because, I mean, I think you know the rules better than me, among other people, and Chad. Thank you. Chad is very good at the rules as well, and sometimes we argue, but it's okay, because I know I'm right, so, but thank you. When have you. you ever been right on anything? I, I guess there's no, there's not as much text because we talk more, but, yeah, whatever, I'll find something. But, yeah.
the outro is pre-recorded. So. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening, as well as watching our content and supporting us. We now have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash JSA clicks. We appreciate any and all support from there, and we look forward to interacting with you and working with you on Teams and other HeroClix stuff on our patron Discord, as well as giving you early and exclusive content. You can keep up with us on all our various social media platforms. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find our podcast on YouTube with visuals, as well as on Podbean, SoundCloud, and Spotify. We're also working on getting up on Google and Apple Podcasts. We also want to mention some affiliates and friends of the show. We have our friend Devin Adams, who has been on the podcast, and you may have heard him before. He has the Happy Little Hero Clicks YouTube channel and a Patreon. We also are friends with the Married of Clicks crew, who have their YouTube channel. Our friend Joe from Clicks Nexus has also just started a Patreon. We greatly appreciate his contributions to the game and his keeping up his unit section. We look forward to having him on the show very soon. Thank you again for listening and supporting us in any way you can. We hope that you make sure to have fun the next time you play Hero Clicks, whether it's a competitive game or casual.